Welcome. You are listening to The 919 Podcast, the only podcast telling the stories of the over 1.5 million people living within and transforming the triangle. And I'm your host, John Carter. All right, so this week I sat down with Matt Suter. Matt is the Director of Marketing and Communications for the Durham Bulls Baseball Club. If you're from the area, you've probably heard of the Durham Bulls. And if you aren't from the area, there's a good chance you've actually heard from them anyway because they're coming off a championship year and actually they're having a great season so far. Uh, Matt and I talked about the stadium and the club itself, what's going on, what's fun, and what to look forward to. Okay, so before we jump in, I want to update you on some new happenings. Last week, I told you that the 919 podcast was on Instagram. And this week, the big news is that we are on Spotify now. So obviously, if you're listening to this, you've already found a way to get the episodes, but hey, maybe Spotify works better for you. Okay, so again, I'm hanging out with Matt Suter. Let's get started. I'm here with Matt Suter at the Durham Bulls Athletic Park in downtown Durham. Matt is the Director of Marketing and Communications for the baseball club here. Matt, thanks for being on the 919 Podcast. Thanks for having me. So can't wait to talk to you about some baseball, the team, stadium, etc. cetera. Uh, but let's get to know you first. How did you first arrive here in the Triangle and what kept you here? So I came here actually uh, as an intern with the Bulls. That was my first gig. I thought okay. I would be here for eight months. Uh, got an eight month lease at a, a place right near Duke. And here I am almost four, I've been, now, I've been down here now four and a half years, going on five. Uh, so things definitely didn't necessarily go according to plan, but they didn't go according to plan in the best way possible. Okay, yeah. uh, I was brought on full-time at the end of that first season, um, got promoted a few times since then, and so it's definitely, a, in my mind, I'm obviously biased, but the best minor league team in the country that you could work for, uh, and the area is, is unbelievable. I'm a big college basketball fan, so obviously yeah. not too many better spots for, uh, for that. Big foodie, uh, you know, like good beer, all that stuff, so... Again, the Triangle is about as good of a place in the country to, for a combination of all of that stuff as you'll find. Yeah, you're in the right spot for sure. Um, but you, you weren't, you didn't grow up in North Carolina, right? So, so where where did you come from? So I grew up in New Jersey, uh, in the western part of New Jersey. So not the Jersey Shore, not the Sopranos. That's what I always tell everybody. <laughs> uh, the Garden part of the Garden State okay. is my line. Because when I pass through New Jersey on ninety five, whatever, it's always concrete. That's, yep. that's my vision of New Jersey. But it, you're saying it's a lot prettier. Than exactly. <laughs> I, I my high school is literally right across the street from a cornfield. Okay. Um, gotcha. So like I said, a lot. Good Jersey corn where I grew up. Uh, went to school in New York at Marist College, uh, about 90 miles north of New York City. Um, bounced around at a few internships in baseball, uh, minor league baseball specifically, before again landing down here. Um, so this is actually aside from, or since I've I went off to college, this is the longest I've ever lived anywhere. Wow. Uh, which again is is a little bit weird for me to think about, just because I've bounced around from. From New, New Jersey to New York to Sydney, Australia for six months after graduation, uh, Pennsylvania, and then I landed down here. What were you doing in Australia? The Australian Baseball League. Okay. Uh, I worked for the Sydney Blue Sox for six months, um, which is neat because, again, with the seasons reversed, I went right from a baseball season in the U.S., hopped on a... To more work in Australia. Exactly. Hopped on a 24-hour flight, uh, you know, got there the beginning of summer, Worked for a team down there and came back right around the middle of February 
to get ready for another baseball season. So I worked three consecutive baseball seasons that <laughs> off season, which was unique, but it was a lot of fun. And that was right after college. Ended exactly. Oh, that's perfect. Exactly. Uh, and then what, what did you major in in college uh, that prepared you for this? So I majored in sports communication and journalism. One of the reasons I chose Marist was the specific sports communication program that they had. Uh, I actually went to school. I wanted to be a, a broadcaster, you know, baseball play-by-play guy, and had a few gigs in that in radio play-by-play, um, but sort of figured out the more I went along, the more it wasn't for me. Uh, being at the baseball field every day was great. Being away from home half the time wasn't, and I found soon found that I didn't love life on the road, so I was fortunate to, again, find a job where I was still able to stay in baseball, still do what I loved, but I still was able to be home, be with friends, be with family, and not be on the road half right. the time over the course of five months. No kidding. And did you grow up playing baseball? Is that why you're so passionate about it? Ex- yeah, I mean, literally some of my earliest memories are playing wiffle ball with my older brothers or my father. And then, I, you know, when I was strong enough to hold a little league bat, you know, I got that <laughs> in my hand. And uh, I played all throughout high school. Um, actually had a few college offers, but I had no grand illusions that I was going to be a major league baseball player. Um, so I decided I want, Marist was, was the college for me. I knew that very early on and I said, I want to go to college for college. Um, and really never, never regretted it. I, I had a great four years there, never thought about, oh, well, I wish I had played baseball in school. Uh, everything turned out about as well as I could have hoped. So it's, I've been very, very lucky the way everything is, is yeah. transpired. That's awesome. Uh, my experience as a player, uh, as a baseball player began and end, I think a day before Little League started, cause I, <laughs> I broke, I'm pretty sure I broke my arm or leg or something and I, I just didn't play. And that was it. And that was it. Yeah, that me. was it. <laughs> yeah. I, I kinda peaked I guess then for baseball. But uh it's it's really fun watching of course and we have such a good team here. Um and actually I knew Maris is in Poughkeepsie, right? Exactly. And I only knew that because IBM has a location up yep. there. Oh so, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the college and IBM have a very big partnership actually, um which is was great. I mean Marist, uh, again, I've been out for a few years now, uh, but while I was there, was always ranked one of the most highly technical colleges in the country, and a big part of that was that IBM partnership. Yeah. Go IBM. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, Matt is going to tell us about the Durham Bulls Baseball Club. Okay, so for those who aren't as inclined to sports, maybe talk about the uh, Durham Bulls as an organization. So it's AAA, right? What does that mean? So the Durham Bulls are the AAA affiliate of the Tampa Bay Rays. So what that means is the players that you see on our field are one step away from playing in the major leagues. So what a lot of people may or may not know is that there's single A, double A, and triple A that make up the minor leagues uh, baseball system. What a lot of people probably don't know is that there's actually seven levels of baseball within single A, double A, and triple A. Within each of those? So not quite. Okay. So the way that it works is there's four levels of single A baseball. So you could talk to someone and they'll say, I'm a single A baseball player. And that could be some instructional league that's down in Florida, or that could be an actual full-time gig, full full season gig uh, ranging across the country. Once you finally graduate from that single-A level, or excuse me, there's actually five levels of single-A. Once you graduate from that single-A level, then you hit double-A, there's one level of double-A. If mm-hmm. you can get through that, you get to the one level of triple-A, which again is where the Bulls are, and if you're good enough to get through triple-A, then you get up to the big leagues, which is obviously where uh, dreams come true. Right, right, right. And you, you guys are affiliated with the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm-hmm. So how does that work with, with Durham, you know, being here <laughs> yeah, and Tampa being down there. So how, how does that work out? So we've been very lucky. The Rays have 
been a partner of ours since 1998. We're actually the only AAA affiliate they've ever had, which has been a very strong partnership for both sides. And the way that that works is, um, in, in the big scheme of things, Durham to Tampa Bay certainly isn't you know, a 45 minute drive, uh, but it's also not a cross country flight. So the way that partnerships between Major League Baseball teams and Minor League Baseball teams work uh, comes down to a number of different factors. One is, again, quality of life for the players, quality of the field, uh, quality of the stadium, workout facility, clubhouse. All those things go into what will make a, a Major League team want to be with a Minor League team. Mm-hmm. Um, and vice versa. You know, the partnership sa- says a lot about the affiliation between two teams. And again, we've been fortunate that the, the partnership between us and the Rays has been so strong for two decades. Um, but again, you'll have, so for example, the New York Mets AAA team is in Las Vegas. Um, oh, you know, wow. it's about as far away <laughs> as you can get. Yeah, no kidding. Um, you know, Milwaukee is in Nashville. Uh, you know, so it's, there's things that are just all over the place. Um, but then you also have teams like the Atlanta Braves, whose AAA team is 45 minutes north of where they work, or where they work, where they play. <laughs> um, so it's just a sort of a grab bag of who's available at a given time. And, and like I said, we've been very steady partners with the Rays, and we expect that to continue for many years. And then, I mean, it essentially serves as a partnership that uh, players from here can go there and vice versa, right? Exactly. Okay. So anybody that plays for the Durham Bulls is not a Durham Bulls employee. Anybody that plays for the Durham Bulls is an employee of the Tampa Bay Rays, but because of that farm system, they play here, they live here, you know, they right. work here, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's sometimes something that fans get tripped up on is they think that we can tell players to do something or uh, why is your player not doing this or, you know, you should fine him, you should suspend him. Right. Um, all of that stuff is out of our control. You know, we, we simply provide a site for them to play um, while, again, the Tampa Bay Rays have all final say in all matters regarding the players. Gotcha. Uh, so, so Matt, what do you do for the Durham Bulls? So, as director of marketing and communications, uh, the easiest way to put it, the shortest way to put it, is that if you see something from the Durham Bulls, it probably has something to do with with our department. Okay. Um, you know, so if it's something on our website, that's something the marketing and communications department manages. If you see a television ad, if you see a pop-up ad on your computer, if you see anything in the ballpark, any graphics, videos. Uh, our department had a large hand in creating that if we didn't do it all on our own. Um, so again, so we'll oversee social media, graphics, videos, on-field promotions, press releases, flyers, again, advertisements, you name it, all of that stuff comes back to us. And I just learned on the elevator up here, but uh, you do voiceovers for the, <laughs> for the TV spots too? I do, yeah. we. Uh, 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 this is a little bit embarrassing, but to give you an idea of how minor league baseball works, um, you know, again, every single minor league team, whether it's the Durham Bulls or the Sacramento River Cats or whoever, is going to be working on a limited budget. You know, minor league teams work on limited budget. That's the nature of the industry. Um, so we don't outs- we, we rarely outsource anything. Um, and that includes voiceovers for, for TV spots. That includes modeling on the team store website. Uh, if you go to durhambulls.com slash shop, you will see my face modeling some jerseys or, or activewear. And, and anybody else you see on that site is probably in our front office as well. Um, so we'll just pull anyone who's available, really, and stick them into a spot. Uh, and, again, I think it's fun, too. I think it's there's something to be said about, okay, here's my quote-unquote normal job. Um, but then I'm doing voiceovers and modeling just like anybody else in the stadium. And and again, and when it rains and the tarp goes on the field, that's all our front office. You know, we don't have a full-time grounds crew. We have a full-time grounds keeper. Um, 
who's a team of one essentially, but then when it rains and, and we got to put the tarp on the field, that's our front office. So it comes down to you wear a lot of hats and no is not in our vocabulary at the minor league baseball level. So it's like a kind of a kind of a small team or smaller, right? Yeah, I mean, you look at what we do. Uh, you know, we welcome over half a million fans to the ballpark every year, and we do that with a, a staff of thirty-five. Um, you know, and that ranges from ticket sales to sponsorship sales to merchandise to you know operations. Um, so again, it's obviously a very large operation for a staff of that size and, and we do obviously have we employ hundreds of game day employees so when you come to a ball uh, come to the ballpark on a game day a lot of the faces you'll see actually are not our front office but rather our game day employees right. while the front office employees are sort of the ones pulling the strings and, and making the calls uh, to make sure everything runs smoothly gotcha very cool I, I've enjoyed uh, following Durham Bulls on Twitter and <laughs> I think you guys get pretty creative it's fun um uh, okay, so it's actually a really awesome time to be this baseball team. So what happened last year? Yeah, so we are the defending AAA national champions. Um, so again, as I was talking about the hierarchy of, of the minor leagues, every every minor league level has a number of different leagues. And at the AAA level, you have the International League and the Pacific Coast League. And so the winner of the International League will play the winner of the Pacific Coast League in a one-game, winner-take-all championship game. Uh, at a neutral site, and so last year we, we beat Memphis 5-3 uh, up in Scranton, Pennsylvania, which was a really, really fun experience. Were I you mean, up there? I was, okay. yeah. So I was up there, um, and it was it was one of those things where you're just along for the ride. And it, we last year we had a team of a lot of really talented players, a lot of young guys, a lot of 21, 22-year-olds mm-hmm. um, who were good. And they knew they were good, which even they, they, that made it even a little bit more fun. They had some swagger with them. Yeah, yeah. And so to see them win it all, uh, it was great because, again, they put in all this work. You know, minor league baseball players get 10 days off from April 1st to September 1st. Gosh. And so you, when you go on that sort of grind and it all comes to fruition with a championship at the end of the season, it's a lot of fun to watch. And, and again, to be a small part of that was, was great for myself personally. And I know our front office took a lot of pride in, in watching them take home that trophy as well. And Scranton, which is which I only know because of the office, but uh, yeah, I, I always I want to go up there at some point. But that's really cool. And then the team you're playing, uh, they're not from Scranton, they're or what? It was like from Arizona, right? It was uh, for the the team in Memphis actually, the Memphis, Memphis Redbirds. Okay, gotcha. So it was the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, Why do I think Ari- oh Arizona? Uh, I think they're. They have a football team. Yeah, the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, but uh, Arizona Cardinals. And so, yeah, so it's it's one of the, the things that peak behind the scenes of minor league baseball is, um, you know, the fact that that game was going to be held in Scranton, and that was announced about a year and a half before the game was even played. And the reason for that is to make sure that that team has enough time to, to sell tickets. You know, it's right. – um, if it was a, a – a last-second thing, then you have four teams that could potentially host the AAA National Championship when you look at the, the each each league's championship series. And to put on a an event of that magnitude with, you know, VIP parties and, and hotel rooms and, and, again, ticket sales, it's very tough to do that with just two or three Gosh. days' notice. Um, so it's always played at a neutral site. For example, this year it's in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and, again, that's been known for, for over a year now. So it's there. It does provide some clarity for the league and the teams to know that one way or another. Hey, if we win, we know we're going to Scranton. We know we'll right. be here this long, and and it's a lot easier to plan that. That's cool. And uh, this is their second AAA title in basically the past decade. Right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so that's 
So the Bulls are arguably the most successful minor league team at any level over the last two decades. I mean, in, in 20 seasons, we've won five league titles. We've won two AAA national championships, as you mentioned, and we've won uh, 14 division titles. It's, it's truly just been utter dominance from yeah. the Durham Bulls over two decades, which is really rare at the minor league level because players come and go so often, you know, whether it's between different organizations, whether it's within the own, their own organization, it's difficult to sustain success at the minor league level. But the Bulls and, again, our partnership with the Rays have just produced good teams almost every single year, and that's something we certainly don't take for granted here. Yeah. <clears throat> so what does it winning a title do for the area? Because, I mean... It's pretty exciting that we get a you know championship team uh, in the triangle. So I mean, what has that done? It, it's there was a major sense of pride that we saw all throughout our playoff run last year. I mean, people people love the Durham Bulls and they love coming out to games and they certainly have fun at the games. But to see a team win was just special. Um, again, you look around this area. Obviously, the three major colleges: Duke, State, and UNC. Um, they all don't care for one another. So if, if UNC wins a national yeah. championship or if Duke wins a national championship in basketball, there's going to be two fan bases that are really upset about it. Um, no one's upset when the Durham Bulls win the national championship. You know, that's something that everyone can get behind. We're a right. community team. We're a community feel. Again, we want to be representative of this community. So it, people, you know, our championship merchandise sold out pretty quickly. You know, hats, T-shirts. Um, people want to be a part of of this team they wanted to be associated with a national championship team that again everybody can get behind so it was fun to see the community really rally around our our league championship and our triple a national championship despite neither of those victories coming here in durham i think it's cool i mean north carolina certainly isn't known for their professional sports necessarily so it's nice to have a a successful you know team like this that we can all root for and panthers and hornets will get there one day (laughs) Um, awesome. So let's talk about, obviously you just won a championship, but I mean, you still have to try to think of new ways to get people to the, the stadium. So, I mean, what does that look like? Yeah, so every offseason, really in October or so, um, our staff sits down and starts thinking of promotions for the following year. Um, because again, like you said, we can win a championship and that's great. We could also be the worst team in the league. Honestly, our attendance won't fluctuate all that much. Um, fans come to the ballpark because they want to have fun. They want to do something different. So every year we identify, okay, what's something cool we can do? What's something someone's never done before? What's unique to this area? And then the wheels are put in motion of, okay, is this going to drive ticket sales? Is this going to get people out here? And that ranges from a touch a truck event where the street in front of the ballpark is full of police cars and fire vehicles. And, you know, it's aimed at children coming to the stadium and having some fun out there before they come inside or it's things like our Stranger Things night, you know, it's which is one of our more unique events, which is coming up here uh, soon, where we wear uniforms that are designed off of a, a character from the television show Stranger <laughs> Things. Awesome. Um, you know, we're having a Belgian waffle food truck out here to yep. celebrate. Uh, we're stringing up Christmas lights. We're going to be featuring Demogorgons, the Upside Down. So, I mean, any, <laughs> as anybody can, can guess, I'm a fan of the show. Um, but one of the things we always look for is, is why is this important to the Durham Bulls or why is this important to the community? And so Stranger Things was a natural tie-in because the Duffer brothers who wrote and created the show went to Jordan High School in Durham. Oh, wow. So for us, that's, well, Stranger Things is a, a big hit right now, but here's this really cool local tie-in to this show. 
Um, we did our Bull Durham 30th anniversary celebration in June. Obviously, that's a no-brainer. The, the movie put the city on the map to an extent, put the Durham Bulls on the map, and so that was a big blowout for us. Um, but we also had State Fair Night. You know, we also, obviously, North Carolina has a big agricultural community. So we had some alpacas. We had some llamas up on our, <laughs> uh, up on the concourse uh, for a little petting zoo. Some Don, John Deere tractors that, again, fans could take photos with, hop on. Um, so it's all about community. It's all about what do our fans like. And we really, for us, the goal is always meaningful promotions. It's always, you know, sure, there's some entertainment value on the most basic level, but then there's also a very sentimental or local or community value to it as well. And that's, I mean, it changes about every night. So, I mean, that's, that's a lot of promotions to be thinking about and a lot of work to, that goes into that. But I saw a really cool article about the food here. <laughs> so, I mean, Durham's become quickly like a, a foodie destination and the stadium's kind of like done that as well. So, can you just talk about that, the evolution in the past few years with all, all the restaurants? being here yeah again just sort of going back to we want to f- feel that anybody who comes to a game is part of this community and we represent that community food is obviously a huge part of that um you know pie pushers is a durham mainstay on main street uh for for pizza they're serving the ballpark now uh loco pops you know is a dessert ice cream stop you know that's been famous in durham for a couple of decades we have them in the ballpark uh we have the durham co-op that brings fresh fruit every game and, you know, that's the kind of thing that fans want. Fans want options, but they also want options that they know. So the fact that we can reach into the community, tap into the community, and have them want to be part of, of our food here is really important. Um, again, and people people love eating local. You know, that's that's a big thing. It's if And if we can tap into that and we can honor that and make that part of our show, that's something that we're going to continue to expand upon year in and year out. Yeah, and all the all the beer and dessert too, man. It's great mm-hmm. too. Um, and then I was I was wondering. Obviously, uh, we're recording this July fifth. So last night was um, July. Last night was July fourth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, all the fireworks. I mean, you guys had something here, right? So yeah. So we had the the USA Collegiate National Team actually took on the Japanese Collegiate National Team. And so to be able to celebrate the 4th of July, again, with that Team USA, they're based in Cary, but they play games all over the state, um, really all over the southeast. Uh, To be able to host Team USA is something that we take a lot of pride in. You know, that's something that obviously representing our country, uh, the players take that responsibility well, but also being great hosts to the Japanese national team, uh, the Chinese Taipei uh, national team played here just on June 30th as well. Um, So we want to make sure that when when the best college players from not only our country but from other countries are coming to the United States, they get a top-notch experience. Mm-hmm. And that includes, again, our fireworks shows, our in-game promotions, our graphics, our good use of our video board. Um, so, again, they can go back to their colleges, again, he- either domestically or abroad, and say, you know, Durham was our favorite place to play. Yeah. That's awesome. And there's other stuff that happens in the stadium just besides that. So, like, I know Durham, uh, Bull Durham, just – what 30 years old now yeah yeah yeah. so kevin costner came out and (laughs) no i'm just kidding but um i mean you played that on the field right yeah so we actually used the our old field there uh durham athletic park uh we did a movie viewing at durham athletic park okay and that was really cool just from the standpoint of that's where the movie was filmed so it was you know fans were sitting in the outfield you know in a filming location where you know ron shelton could have been running a camera 30 years prior sure, sure. Uh, which is a really unique opportunity and and that's something a lot of our fans don't realize is 
you know, Capital Broadcasting, who owns the Durham Bulls, um, you know, we also own Durham Athletic Park, which again is the site of uh, filming for, for the movie Bolt Durham. So we own this facility here, you know, downtown Durham, mm-hmm. Durham Bulls Athletic Park. We own the facility about a mile up the road at Durham Athletic Park, where there's hundreds and hundreds of games each year between North Carolina Central University high school tournaments. Right. Um, you know, we, we have games almost every single day at one of those two facilities. Goodness. <clears throat> so, um, so what else is currently happening with the Bulls? Uh, you're at the top of the standings right now, right? We are. We're back in first place, okay. um, sort of where we expect to be at this point, um, which is great considering, again, we lost our, our three of our best players in the middle of June, really. Uh, they all got called up to Tampa Bay, and, and we don't expect them to come back. And it's always bittersweet when that happens because we're really happy for them. Um, but from a Durham Bulls win-loss standpoint, we obviously <laughs> wish we could keep those guys as long sure. as possible. But since those guys have left, we haven't missed a beat. Um, our lead in the division has actually gotten gotten larger, and so we are right on track again, making another playoff push um, one year after winning the title. That's gonna be awesome. All right, anything else that we uh, forgot to talk about, or something you want to mention? Yeah, I think it's 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 one of those things where again, you know, it's you just touched on it. There's always something going on at Durham Bulls Athletic Park, whether it's dollar concessions every Thursday, whether it's fireworks every Friday and Saturday. Um, every Sunday, kids get to run around the bases, you know, and that's on top of all the other promotions we have going on, whether it's a Stranger Things night or a Daddy-Daughter Day or a Princess Night. Um, I think a lot of folks could take one glance at our schedule and see not just one, but maybe three, four, or five things that really speak to them or their families or their friends. Um, and that's what we take pride in. You know, that's our business. Our business is, is entertainment and, you know, with a side of baseball. So, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's something that we take, again, a lot of pride in when fans come out and they say, we had a great time. You know, that's what we live for. When fans say, we had a great time and we can't wait to be back, that's what really keeps us going from day to day over the course of a 70-game schedule. That's awesome. All right, well, Matt, thanks for being on the 919 Podcast. Thank you very much. just listen to Matt talk about the Durham Bulls and all the exciting things happening with the baseball club. If you like the pod, subscribe and give a five-star rating. And remember, we are on Spotify now. Keep up throughout the week with Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at The919Podcast. And until next time, thanks for listening.